A reading from Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing which has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, Stir up your holy power this night and come. Send your Son into the world that we might see your face and know your love for all of us. And let us make room in our hearts for you to take up residence there, that we might indeed be known as your beloved children. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So Becky was my preschool teacher. Becky also was my neighbor, living just down the street at 5600 Evergreen Lane North in Plymouth, Minnesota. She lived just five houses down. And when I was little, Becky would often pick me up and drive me to preschool at Calvary Lutheran Church in Golden Valley. Now, most days I remember feeling tiny at like, believe it or not, at one time in my life, three feet tall and 50 pounds, And what I remember most on the way to preschool was riding in that giant front bench seat that just sort of went on forever and ever and ever. And since it was like 1970-something, I am certain I was sitting in the front seat with no seatbelt on. (laughs) But what I also remember was the warmth of Becky's smile, her generous laughter, and her kind, kind heart. I remember feeling safe, I remember feeling loved, and I remember feeling listened to. Not everyone in the world actually listens to preschool teachers, but Becky did, and I remember. Now, I have only vague memories of this particular episode, but it's been told many, many times by Becky and members of my family how one day Becky picked me up and drove me to preschool. 
At the end of the day, which I'm sure is a long day for a preschool teacher and all the preschoolers and all that you might imagine that could entail, we got in the car with the huge bench seat to go home. And I do remember the warm sunshine, and I remember very clearly that I knew a better way home than Becky did. And with her kind and generous smile, Becky took my wayward directions as I pointed her towards what I sure was sure was a better way home. I, of course, was quite wrong. We ended up not at 5600 Evergreen Lane North, just off of Bass Lake, but instead somewhere on the south side of Medicine Lake. I remember Becky gently pulling over as we looked out on the sunshine, glistening off the lovely waters of the wrong lake. She laughed and asked if it was okay if she took over navigational directional control to finally get us home. I must have agreed, because at some point, clearly, we did eventually make it home. Now, what I can tell you is that not everyone would have had the generous, tender heart to let the preschooler have a little misguided adventure, but Becky did, and I remember. Now, clearly, the person of Jesus and God have a penchant for children, giving them a place of honor over his midlife disciples when he says, Let the little children come to me, for it is to such as these that belongs the kingdom of heaven. So too does Native American culture and Native American spirituality have an honored place for children. Native faith has a sense of reverence for both the young and the old as they are both so close to our original and final home. Children are admired for their innocence, their sense of boundless hope, and even naive adventure. Elders see through the achievements and the failures and the self-aggrandizing accolades of midlife to trust in simpler, deeper things like love and laughter, kindness and forgiveness. Both children and elders in native culture are honored and admired because the young have just come from God the Creator and elders are moving toward and growing into a return into God's heart. Now, just before Thanksgiving, my mom and I stopped in to see Becky, whose return to God was unfortunately hastening. I hadn't seen her in over a year. Our neighbor growing up, Bev Essen, used to bring Becky from time to time here at Shepherd to come and worship with us. And I was always so grateful to see both Becky and Bev, because not everyone gets to point out that their preschool teacher comes to hear them preach every now and again. And I would claim she was really just coming to check up on me and make sure I was still going in the right direction. But it had been a while since Becky and Bev had come. And on the day that I went to visit, all six foot three, 200 and some pounds of me, walked into Becky's room. And before I could say hello, she made the first move and opened her arms as wide as possible with fingers out, waiting to hug me before I could step into the room as she exclaims with that big, bright smile, Little Scotty! <laughs> Who could resist such a greeting? Suddenly, I was four years old all over again. I was remembered by Becky. Remembered in the sense that I was remembered and put back together again with my little preschool self reconnected to the child within, a gift from an elder with childlike love to a midlife adult who would certainly be a better human being if he remembered the unmerited gift of love poured into him from his preschool teacher and other adults 
like Becky. Now, you can imagine I blushed completely red at Becky's greeting, and not so secretly, I was all mushy and warm inside. Life would be more gentler and more like the kingdom of heaven if everyone remembered us like this and called us little Scotty. Connecting us to the humility of our childlike self and we were reminded on our dependence on both God and other people for directions home. It's a great gift to be remembered and to be this love. In fact, I might dare to say that it's so powerful we might actually say it feels like salvation. Now, a few days after visiting with Becky, it was Thanksgiving, and I was with my family when I looked down and I saw my almost two-year-old nephew, Ren, who was born on the 27th and will celebrate his birthday soon, all almost two feet tall of him, reaching up towards my brother, who's as tall as I am, and with outstretched arms, looking up at my brother, he was, Daddy! Daddy! Fingers stretched out, wiggling, as if he couldn't wait for one more second to be picked up. As my brother picked him up and he settled in for a snuggle, Becky's voice and her wiggling fingers reached out once again through my childhood soul. The youngest and oldest among us are just closer to God than those of us who are in the middle. Like Becky and Wren, it is always God who makes the first move towards us. Wiggling fingers with arms that just can't wait to hold us. In the parlance of church, we call it baptism. We don't choose God. God chooses us even before we can walk through the door without merit, a gift of undeserved love, in spite of all our failures, faults, mistakes, bad directional choices. It's all fingers out, wiggling excitedly to welcome you home. And for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear and the humility to believe, God is actually all around us, with arms wide open, fingers wiggling to greet us and our elders and our children. And I wonder if maybe that's why this Jesus story starts not with the birth of a prince in a palace, but with a baby born humbly in a barn, laid in a manger. For who in the world could resist such an invitational greeting. The promise of the Christmas story is, in fact, the length and depth to which God will go to try and remember you back into the child that you once were, to love you, to remind you that all the names that you've been called or all the titles you've been given as an adult are only the surface truth, and sometimes they are just flat-out lies. The promise of the whole Christian story is actually to embarrass you into the lavish, unbounded, gracious love of God. You've all seen it. You've seen the way every baby ever born is passed around from adult to adult, where the crustiest among us even smiles at the baby with some silly face. If your heart is humbly ready, the gracious invitation of God's love in the manger breaks through even the crustiest of life exteriors. It's also true that God's directional gift of love, passed along from one person to the other, never dies. Even though shortly after visiting with Becky, she gently flew on Jesus' promise back to God just after Thanksgiving, both Becky and little Scotty are still alive 
just hidden in the wiggling fingers of God's open arms of love. I promise you'll see them all around you when you let the little children and the childlike elders give you directions home. And I promise all of us need directions home. Even the wise men needed a star. God is in the manger, fingers wiggling with excitement to greet you. God is in the joyful hope of our children with their boundless sense of awe, dependence, and wonder. God is in the heart of our elders as they grow grow wise with closeness to God's spirit of love. So just go ahead and give in to the embarrassingly gracious love of God who reminds us that the most important name we can ever be called is child of God. Or in the parlance of your preschool teacher, little Scotty. (laughs) Merry Christmas.